Three weeks ago, you and a friend exchanged heated words at a group dinner. It's the first time that you'd ever experienced that kind of tension with one another, and you left feeling a mix of regret, anger, and embarrassment. Since then, your interactions have been virtually non-existent, save for a few texts. And while it happened nearly a month ago now, it feels like it happened just yesterday. Because since that night, you've been reliving every detail of the event over and over. You replay what each person said, what her words really meant, and whether or not you've been missing clues over the past year that she's been increasingly frustrated with you. And despite all your thinking, you've taken no action, and the overthinking seems to be getting worse. You know the name for it, rumination, but you can't seem to help yourself. In this episode of the Friend Forward podcast, we'll talk about the consequences of rumination, which means to think about something that's typically negative in an unproductive, repetitive way. It can have psychological, emotional, and physical consequences. And beyond the individual impacts are the relational impacts, as it often delays our ability to reconcile with friends. So what do we do? Well, I have a few ideas. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Friend Forward Podcast, powered by BetterFemaleFriendships.com. I'm Danielle Byer-Jackson, a friendship coach, educator, and author of the upcoming book, Fighting for Our Friendships. And it's my job to share the science of women's conflict and connection. So when it comes to the joys, complexities, and misconceptions surrounding these kinds of relationships, I am here to help you through it. So do women ruminate more than men? There are several studies, I'm going to link some in the show notes, that show that due to our sex hormones and brain wiring, that we might be more susceptible to this particular tendency. And we said, you know, in the intro that to ruminate about something is to overthink about something, to be dwelling on something, to be engaging in repetitive thinking. And not necessarily the kind that means you're thinking critically and therefore trying to generate solutions and move forward, but where you're just kind of brooding about something, most times negative, right? And so because of this tendency to ruminate, we do report greater levels of anxiety than our male counterparts. But why is ruminating potentially dangerous, especially in our attempts to reconcile with a friend? Maybe there is some kind of external conflict, meaning she's done something to us and we're upset about it, we're disappointed by her, we're frustrated by it. Or there could be something that hasn't transpired, but it's more of an internal conflict, ruminating with with a reaction that we had to something she did in an innocuous way, perhaps. Either way, this tendency can be really, really harmful. So what I want to do is outline for you an acronym that we came up with here at Friend Forward based on the research to give you four reasons why ruminating can be dangerous. And the acronym is IDEA, right? When we ruminate, there are ideas that we entertain That are dangerous. So, I D E A, we do each of these four things during our rumination period and they delay any attempts we end up making at reconciliation. And I'm sure you've been in a situation before where that space you have from a friend, sometimes it grows into more space. And before you know it, it feels really awkward to try to come back together because it's been so long, right? So, let's look at these four things that tend to happen during our rumination that delay us being able to to get back together. So the I in ideas stands for isolation. 
Now, ruminating during or after a conflict with a friend, it can occur because one, women have a tendency toward forming dyads in their friendships, which means one-to-one. And for most of you, you probably would agree that, yeah, a lot of the friendships I have, it's one-to-one. It's not necessarily one large friend group, right? Well, here's the thing. When we operate in dyads, meaning just the two of us, then whenever there is some kind of separation or conflict, it means that we are in isolation following that conflict not normally having somebody else in the friend group to go to to kind of resolve it, right? So when something transpires, we find ourselves alone, having neglected other friendships maybe in our effort to bond in a singular relationship, right? Another thing is our expectation of friendship as being easy and organic might leave us with a sense of shame around getting it wrong, a shame that we don't want to share with others. So whenever we have a conflict with a friend, we isolate because what does it look like if I go and tell other people what's happening? So we sit with those feelings by ourselves. We're independently processing and sometimes internalizing. We'll talk more about that later. The isolation during or after friendship conflicts can cause us to fixate even more on an event without a clear outside voice offering us guidance, helping us to maintain a reasonable interpretation of events. And it's just like this trail of thoughts that never seems to end. And then since rumination can often involve negative self-talk, it can be like especially detrimental if we don't have that outside voice to help us manage our emotions and to help us maintain perspective. Another thing that we do during these rumination periods is disseminate, specifically with disseminating information. So when we're not isolating or joining with a third party sometimes to share every detail of the issue that we're having with our friend. And then depending on our objective, it can work for us or against us. So if you're sharing information about a friendship issue you're having and you're doing it because you're trying to get emotional support or like validation or clarity on the situation, that makes sense. And honestly, let's be real. That's a necessary part of processing. I know sometimes we're like, Am I gossiping or am I just like legitimately, genuinely telling a third party about what's going on because I'm trying to understand it, right? I want to know if I'm crazy, right? That's normal. That's how we process, right? So if you're disseminating information of the event to a third party in that way, that could have a positive outcome, okay? Now we have to be careful because depending on who we turn to, we can either fall victim to co-rumination, meaning it's something that we do together. So before we know it, we're both going over the situation over and over again, looking at every single detail. And there can be two kinds of ruminating. It can be the kind that's deliberate, where we're getting together to intentionally talk about this thing all day long, trying to look at things from every side. Or it's maybe intrusive for you personally, where you have like these uncontrollable thoughts that are related to a stressful event, right? But co-rumination means we're both engaging in it. Which by the way, if you find yourself doing that, or you know you have a tendency to do that, you can even front load the conversation by saying, okay, I want to talk about this situation again because I'm trying to understand, but like, don't let me talk about it once I hit 10 minutes. Like even setting a timer and making it playful, right? But you set an objective, you've set a timeline, and that can be helpful if you do find that you've engaged in co-rumination. I've seen that a lot when we are coworkers. So there's something we're constantly talking about with this coworker that we both are annoyed with. You have to be careful because if anything, it might exacerbate the situation. I don't mean to sound dramatic, but this is your last chance. The Friendship Elevated Group Coaching Program kicks off in the second week of October. And if you have ever considered working together, this might be our last cohort for a while. So here's how it works. From October through December, you, me, and an intimate group of women just like you 
will meet together virtually every other week to learn what the research has to say about adult friendships. Between these sessions, you'll watch video modules at your own pace that are created according to my background as an educator and curriculum specialist, so you know it's going to be good. I'm just saying. (laughs) We're not only learning the technical stuff, but we're going to apply it with weekly challenges that require you to activate what you just learned in the real world. Because it's not just about education, it's about having genuine transformation. You can learn more at betterfemalefriendships.com slash membership to enjoy the early bird discount and to read more about the details. See you soon. Now, a third thing that we do when we are ruminating is exaggerate. Whether we're isolating or disseminating time away from the friend that we're having an issue with might amplify feelings of anger, insecurity, fear, right? Because of the distance that we have from her. So we're not inviting that friend that we're having beef with or having tensions with, okay? Sometimes it's not a big drama thing. But since we're not inviting her voice into the conversation, since we're not asking her, hey, what did you mean by that? We're not seeking clarity. We're not trying to understand. Since we're doing that, then we're feeding into our own thoughts and hyping ourselves up. Maybe we engage other friends and they hype us up, right? They say things like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she did that. You're right. That was so messed up. You know what? Now that I think about it, she did that to me too. (laughs) I know you know what I'm talking about, right? And then you leave that conversation more amped up than before. You're like, you know what? Yeah, right? So we have to be careful about, you know, am I potentially exaggerating certain elements of the situation and in the meantime have my emotions amplified during our time apart because the things that I have questions about I'm answering my own questions I'm making assumptions I'm assigning motive and intention to what my friend did or did not do right maybe we're doing things like analyzing her social media account and you know searching for subtext in her captions to see like Was that about me or is that general, right? And then that only feeds growing feelings of frustration and disappointment. We're creating motivation and intentions. Oh, I know why she did that, right? Especially if we've known a friend for a long time. Unfortunately, something I've noticed that we do is because we know people well, we stop being curious about them. So we assume we know why she said what she said because I know her, that's what she does, right? We build a case against her using the evidence that we've been silently collecting for months. So when we finally decide to start showing up differently, or when we decide to end the friendship altogether, it's in response to an incomplete story that was built up on a foundation of intense emotions that maybe were like unfounded. As a matter of fact, in an interview that we did, I believe it was last season with psychotherapist Erin Faulkner. She is the author of a book called How to Break Up with Your Friends. It's so good, by the way. And you know, I'm not going to recommend anything I think is just, you know, super general or unoriginal. This book is so good, okay? And she said during that interview, she said, when friends break up, it's not necessarily like in the movies or on TV, some big betrayal. In my experience, it's so much more often death by a thousand cuts. These tiny little irritations like disrespect or cross boundaries. And when you don't address those micro irritations, they get bigger and bigger and bigger until there's a kind of silent chasm that just keeps growing. Can somebody say amen? I'm like, girl, are you like watching my life? Because I know that I've been in that situation. So those kinds of things exaggerate our feelings and certainly don't help in any efforts to reconcile. And finally, we associate. 
Remember, we're giving you the acronym here, IDEA, because we have these ideas during our rumination periods. And the A in IDEA stands for associate. And what I mean here is we sometimes associate what's going on with our friend to ourselves. We associate it with our personal lack, our personal inadequacies and insufficiencies. This might be because we are so bonded to each other. Yes, yes, our friendships are deeper and more intimate than men's friendships. I'm not even going to bore you with the decades of research that support that. I'm probably telling you something you already know, okay? But because of that, sometimes we internalize and we associate her behavior to something we did. We attribute her mysterious coldness to a personal misstep, and we fear that she's lost interest. What does it say about me that she's able to turn on me so quickly or not texting back or that she went to get coffee with somebody else but not me? What does it say about me when she cancels plans with me? What does it mean that I'm not as interesting, not as lovable, right? If she is hanging out with another friend group, we wonder if she prefers their company to us. She's probably going to start spending more time with them than me. Why am I not enough? So be careful of how much you attribute her behavior to your personal failings. Sometimes in response to this internalizing, we either work to stay physically or emotionally distant. We overcompensate with these desperate attempts to get back in sync with her without addressing the issue. That's for my anxious attachment friends, right? Or we protect ourselves from feeling inadequate by determining the friendship has run its course. And you know what? I'm done with her anyway. She wasn't real to begin with, right? But being careful about associating any kind of tension or awkward thing that transpires with you and your feelings and not being good enough. What does this reveal about me? That's something that we ruminate over. Hmm, how did I mess up? How are my weaknesses exposed in the situation? So we have to be cautious about ruminating, not thinking deeply and critically about something, which is very important sometimes, right? To be thoughtful in our decision-making. But when there's no objective and we're kind of nursing our wounds, overanalyzing things and becoming in the process completely immobilized, right? At some point when you lack information and therefore you're just like feeding yourself, We have to say, hold on, let me stop. What are some things I can do? What is some action that I can take to make this end? Is there information I'm missing that I can ask her for? Can I seek the wise counsel of friends who are reasonable and level-headed and who are always in drama so I can trust their feedback? But we cannot get comfortable with ruminating because it does materialize in other ways. Anxiety, loss of sleep, And it can also be physically detrimental in in a variety of other ways. So as your new official friendship coach, here's your homework. Listen closely. If after hearing this, you're like, gosh, I guess I'm currently ruminating about something. It's unproductive. It's stressing me out. And I never seem to get anywhere. There are three things I want to offer for you to do. The first is I want you to consider journaling. Now, I know this is where you roll your eyes because you've probably heard that a hundred times, but for good reason. It is a way to help you untangle your mess. It is a way for you to put it down, get it out of your brain and start to read it back. I sometimes read my journal aloud after I've written it. Sometimes I don't because I'm just like, okay, I'm done and I don't want to look at it. But sometimes I read it aloud to myself and things start to make sense to me, especially because I'm a verbal processor. So it's very helpful. But that's one way to untangle your thoughts and get somewhere and to identify whether or not it's cyclical and unproductive. The second thing that you can do is practice mindfulness. Again, this is where you say, oh, well, that's not original. There's literally so much research that talks about how mindfulness practices, meditating, 
and yoga where they're talking about focusing on your present moment instead of worrying about the past and future can help to train your brain to release those tendencies, those thoughts. It can be a relief from the distress that you're experiencing. So can you do that and start to witness that that practice is helpful? And finally, and this is not to sell you, I only say stuff that I know is going to be worth your time. Consider working with me. This is not because I think I'm amazing. There are other friendship coaches popping on the scene. You may have seen the recent LA Times article that featured my work along with a couple of other friendship coaches. Okay? But this is because you're talking to somebody who's relatively objective in the situation and skilled to focus on action-oriented discussions. So unlike a therapist, because I'd say probably 50% of my sessions begin with somebody saying, you know, I already have a therapist and, and I've worked through this in therapy. I've processed my feelings. I'm just ready to know what to do about it. My most recent session with a woman who was in her mid-40s, she opened the session by saying, she's like, I've been ruminating about this and I'm so tired with tears in her eyes. She said this to me and I was like, all right, I got you. Okay. Unlike therapy, our goal is action-oriented. It's less about processing. So my focus is going to be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and what are we doing about it? Okay. And then I have a series of frameworks and things that I use to help us arrive at something productive. So if you're like, I think I need somebody outside of my friendship circle to kind of like use their expertise to help get me through it. I'd love to be that person. There are other options. I'm sure they're just as effective, right? Other people who do this work. And I thank God that there are a variety of voices in this field. So you can partner with somebody whose style reflects your own. Okay. So if this topic today is hitting especially hard and it's something that you know you need support with, we love a good voice note. You can message us in the DMs anytime at friendforward or send us a message 24-7 at betterfemalefriendships.com. Until then, you know that I'll be right here rooting for you always on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships. Until next time.